Hello and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we are in scene six of the Silver King, and this scene is titled Queen Mary. It begins with Michael, the narrator, who is Stanley's son. Stanley and John Sherry, like thousands of men and women before them, reported to the port of embarkation in New York Harbor. They will ride the legendary Queen Mary across the Atlantic Ocean to England. The ship, a luxury liner, had been converted to a troop transport when the United States entered the war. The contrast of this pleasant scenic ride against the waves and blue skies into the unknown darkness ahead was subtle and immense. These men, Stanley, 21 and single, John Sherry, 24 and married, had trained for 20 months to prepare for the journey and missions that would be their wars. Each man and woman had a very personal war. Their stories followed them to horror, happiness, love, and loss. These men were innocents transformed to warriors. Some lived and others died. Yet those days, months, and nightmares caught the liner's wake and seemed far away as they sailed through dreams to distant destinations. Some to return, others lost, shot from the sky as they dropped death on the enemy. Michael reads a letter that his father wrote from somewhere in England on September 28th of 1944. Dearest ones, I know you've been waiting anxiously to hear from me, as you probably guessed I had left the port of embarkation. I wasn't able to send a cable when I first arrived here and won't have the chance until tomorrow. I shall send one, however, just for the records. We had a swell trip coming over, much better than I ever imagined it to be. Take my word for it, though, being an officer surely makes one hell of a difference. It was a big, beautiful ship, so immense that I didn't learn my way around it. One thing I did learn is that it is the ideal way to take a honeymoon. The ship had all the advantages of any resort. We even had movies during the day and night. Believe me, it was more like a pleasure cruise than a troop transport. I'm glad now that I didn't fly over. I had a swell time in New York and spent all my money, but it was worth it. I was drunk practically the whole time. I hope Aunt Sylvia wasn't too angry that I didn't see her again. I had intended to, but each time the fellows wouldn't let me go. I'm sure you can understand that. I'll write her and explain myself. I saw most of the hotels and nightclubs while there. The store club, the El Morocco, the Latin Quarter, the Zanzibar. I saw Gertrude Nursen in Follow the Girls and Lou Holtz in Stardust, which I enjoyed immensely. All in all, I had a marvelous time and was only sorry I didn't have more time to spend there. Of course, I was impressed with the sights and all the people, but I will still take Chicago. There is still a dim out, so Times Square wasn't very bright. It was quite a coincidence running into Joan. She looked grand, and we had a drink and talked for a while. It surely was sweet of her to write you. 
I suppose Mrs. Phillips told you I also ran into her right on Broadway. As yet, I haven't seen much of England. It seems to be a beautiful country. I haven't had any contact with her people. Right now, I'm in another replacement depot, awaiting assignment to a permanent station. Believe it or not, the conditions are better than any depot in the States, bar none. The food is good and the sleeping is wonderful. So don't worry about me. I'm fine. My only trouble is trying to figure out the English money. I found Bill here, which was a pleasant surprise. He wrote me a letter and sent it home. You can forward it to me. I have the same APO for the time being. I hope you're well. We'll write soon. Please write me. Love to Ida. Stan. As the lights go up on this scene, the king and J.J. are standing at the ship's rail on what is a very nice day to cross the Atlantic. And the king begins, J.J., I'm not sure that I could ever imagine this ride. Our first train to Nashville seems so long ago, years really, and now we're officers riding the Queen Mary to an uncertain future. And J.J. Sherry, you're right, Stan. We're far from everything now, cruising to a destination on a continent we've never seen. And the king, the truth is out there. At home we worked, listened, read about the war, all that without knowing it. We're closer to the challenge we signed to meet. And J.J., as he and the king light up cigarettes. Stan, we'll know it very soon. Are you scared? And the king responds, I'm not, J.J. Pilot school scared me. I didn't want to fail. Now I'm anxious about the uncertainty, sure, but ready for my job. We have worked hard to make this ride. And John Sherry. So the king proclaims his readiness to enter the realm. And the silver king, at the rail, Yes, I am. I hope to serve our country and be a warrior king. As the lights go down on this scene, Michael reads a letter that his father wrote on March 2nd, 1945, from northern France. Dearest ones, received your very sweet letter of Feb 14 last night, but alas, nothing tonight. But I can't complain since it has been arriving so regularly. I'm also very happy that you're receiving mine more swiftly now. The change in weather has surely improved it. And tonight I really do have some grand news. Lying right in front of me are orders granting me seven days leave effective tomorrow. I received them tonight and they came as a terrific surprise. I had no idea whatsoever of falling in such luck. My pilot and I leave for Paris tomorrow morning. After a few days there and arranging for air travel, we go to Cannes, France, on the Riviera. There is a recreation area there. That's as much as I know about it. As yet, no one has been, so it will be totally new to us. However, just the name Riviera is enough for me. Imagine having a vacation in France on the Riviera, why, in peacetime, people would spend a fortune for such an opportunity. I'm so excited about it, the same as when I was a kid before a trip. 
It's a lucky thing I didn't spend any money the last two months. For now, I'm sitting pretty with two months' pay, especially going through Paris on the way there and back and seven days at the Riviera. I'll need every penny I have. The only trouble is that my clothes need cleaning badly, so I'm hoping there will be facilities for it there. My next letter will be from the Riviera, but if you don't hear from me for a while, you'll know I'm having too good a time to write. I thought surely I had acknowledged your box from Stop and Shop. I received it quite some time ago, and it was indeed delicious. However, none of the boxes which you have mentioned in your recent letters have arrived, including the bars. I do wish the bars had come, as I certainly need them for the trip. I'll have to borrow some from one of the fellows. The weather was so beautiful today. It should be very warm on the Riviera, maybe warm enough to go swimming. I hope so. Fourteen and a half. I'll write you all about it, or as much as I remember. Please stay well and not too lonesome. Love to Ida. I love and miss you, Stan. This is the end of scene six in The Silver King, the scene entitled Queen Mary. And you are listening to The Silver King's War.